Hello and you are welcome to Dan and Dara Doability. This is episode 47. I'm Dara McNicholas. And I am Dan Airy. Dan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, good. Listen, what's your week been like? What have you been up to? Uh, busy. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, I like busy. Busy's always good. Uh, busy is good, yeah. Uh, it, it's also it's quite stressful at times. Um, but we're we're getting there. What were you, what were you doing? Sure. You had a lot of college stuff going on. Yeah, just trying to um, sort out filming and, and stuff like that. And it's been a bit of a, an issue. Um, but we're, we seem to be on the home stretch now. So. Yeah, um, but that's all part of learning, isn't it, Dan? I think uh, what you said to me last night, you certainly don't want to be a producer for, uh, for, for TV and film. No, I've... <laughs> I've uh, I've 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 renewed amount of respect for uh, for producers, yeah. Just um, for the patience that is needed. Yeah, uh, I know. And not, it's, it's just I, that, that's, it's, that's not me saying I, I don't have patience. It's no, just, and it's not saying, yeah. and nor am I saying either that you won't be capable of doing the job at all, not even for a minute. But it is hard. Yeah, sorting yeah. out locations, getting permissions getting all the pieces to fall into place at the right time mm-hmm. you know and I know it's not you're not exactly doing a, a sort of an, an epic here where there's going to be gazelles running across the savannah and you know being chased by a lion or anything like that this is a fairly simple one camera sort of deal you know but it's still the complexities yeah. of of trying to organize that and get permissions and mm-hmm. you know and just in in COVID times as well where people are just simply just going to go no. No, no, yeah, no, not happening. But no, that's it. Stop, go away. <laughs> Don't you? But it's just me and the camera. No, not today. Thanks very much. The uh, the Giselles you were mentioning that'll come that'll come later down the line. Yeah, no, it will. Yeah, and the best of luck, you know, trying to trying try to round up a load of gazelles. Although I did hear this weekend <laughs> a monkey a monkey escaped from the zoo. Um, right, and that, that made me smile, and you know, it didn't even make kind of you know, COVID is still obviously. Uh, number one in the news but I would have thought it would have at least been you know the second headline the guards are called and all to come in and help the, the zookeepers I just you know a little bit of whimsy a little bit of whimsy yeah you know escaped I don't think he got out of his zoo complex but he got out of his sort of enclosure you know Um, so I, I, I would have liked to have been there for that now Dad this week um, or I mean last week we, we were talking we, we were talking about how everything is connected and the, the sort of the history around disability and we kind of wandered into a bit about language and then kind of during mm-hmm. the week I was I was doing a little bit of looking into it and I, I came across a couple of things that just I would say made me laugh but made me just kind of go Jesus They've, somebody's actually gone to an awful lot of thought and you know there's things we can't say anymore that we're not that we shouldn't be saying um yeah, and it's one of those situations that if you didn't laugh, you'd be like angry about it or... or yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. it kind of started out, it kind of, I don't know, maybe I had my, my VPN on my computer, but it kind of took me to the, the government, the, the, the UK website uh, or government website and kind of words you shouldn't, words words to use and avoid. Uh, and I was kind of, God, yeah, jeez, God, they're all mad over there, like, you know. But unfortunately... Uh, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, it's the uh, the National Disability Authority here as well. I've pretty much got something similar. Um, it doesn't right. look it doesn't look as good as the English one, but um, 
So just some of the things that we can't say anymore, okay? So we can't say cripple or invalid anymore. Um, they're a disabled person, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you can't say the handicapped or the disabled. It's just disabled people. Um, where else are we? So you're not confined to a wheelchair then, nor are you wheelchair bound. You're a wheelchair user. Yep, uh, absolutely. Okay, this one kind of got me, I have to say. Um, we have to avoid the use of able-bodied. Okay, so I am not an able-bodied person anymore. Right. I'm non-disabled. Yeah, I, you mentioned that one to me during the week. I'm a little bit confused by that one, personally, to be honest, because I I suppose I myself have always used able-bodied. Hmm. I, 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 like, but to me, the, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, oh, yeah, I just don't get it that I'm non-disabled. You know, I, I just with, with that, like by by definition, by saying you're not disabled, you're able. Yeah. Then, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right, I know it, it's an interesting one. So we can't use dwarf from agent anymore. Uh, so that's somebody who restricted Rightly growth so. with, with restricted growth or short stature. Mm-hmm. Um, fit spells and attacks their seizures. Um, you can't call them the blind. So there are people with visual impairments. Blind mm-hmm. people are blind or partially sighted people. Uh, the deaf and the dumb and the mute mm-hmm. uh, are now, uh, oh, they're still deaf, that's okay. Um, user of the British Sign Language Disability, the ISL for us, or a person with a hearing impairment. So this week I put up a couple of things on um, our kind of Instagram and Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Just words, nothing. That was it, just a word and a plain background, plain, plain, plain background. And mm-hmm. kind of what prompted that for me was last week when uh, we were talking about Jessica, Jessica Long. Yes. Uh, and, and she kind of, she described herself as, as uh, or the, the parking space, the handicap space. And mm-hmm. I, even when you said it, you kind of went, oh, you were just a bit, you weren't sure what to be doing with it. Mm. Right. And, yeah. But that's, it's the term they use and that's, that's, that's what they use. But we can't say that here anymore. And that just got me thinking about the words and, and, and the language. And that's, and that's kind of where we ended up here. So the first word I put up was handicap. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was nine, just nine words in general that went to us kind of over the last couple, uh, last few days. We got some reaction. We, um, did. we did. We got a little bit of reaction. I think I got possibly more reaction than you did. Um, right. Because I had people contacting me, we say offline through text and WhatsApp and stuff, uh, just going, "What's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> okay, what's this about?" Uh, there was various different kind of questions put to me because uh, I think you know, obviously, they know I'm the Dara of the Dan and Dara. So you know, yeah. I don't, I don't think they kind of necessarily wanted to put their head above the parapet either and go, "Hey, what's this about? What are you doing there now?" You know, I think it was just easier for them <laughs> to kind of go, "All right, that's what you're up to. That's grand." So. You know, fair enough. I don't think they weren't. I don't think they were offended either. Right. I think they were just kind of going, "What's this? What's what's, what's, what's <laughs> yeah, Where to? did it come yeah, from? Yeah. What, what, what the hell is this about now? Uh, yeah. You know. But I still, I don't know whether they agree or not. Again, that's the thing about text messages uh, and the written word. You can't kind of get any uh, inference out without whatsoever. Nor could you get possibly the first word that we put up, which was handicap. Uh, you know, um, kind of the first one of the first comments that came in, we say online, um, was, you know, you can't be using this word. You can't be using yeah. this word in a derogatory way. And I mean, I, it, it was just there. I didn't say it was derogatory. I didn't say it was to be used in any way at all. It was just a word. 
Yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's like in in today's world, it's like, oh, you need to provide context for these kind of things. Yeah. And and in, in so many situations, it's like words like this are, aren't used in context. No. You know, they're just like, oh, we, we use some kind of offhand. And I, I suppose that's the point we're trying to make is that like words matter. Yeah. And, and um, things and things change as we go along because obviously yeah. I am older than you. I have a few years on you, um, mm-hmm. and words have a different meaning for me. Uh, words when I that were used when I was growing up um, have uh, different different connotations and stuff. And spastic is one of them, and that's one of the words that we put up. Yeah, you know, spastic being part of spasticity and spastic dysplasia which yeah. is part of cerebral palsy. Like for me growing up as a kid, spastic was a word that we used to call our friends. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like you're a, you're, you're a spastic. And it's funny, even when I was yeah. kind of, uh, one word I didn't put up actually, which I only kind of, I kind of remember this morning and I had to go look it up, was retard. Yeah, that's that's one I I don't agree with either. Exactly. But that was in a yeah. movie recently. Yeah. Uh, well, recently, the last kind of five, six years, I think, maybe, yeah. You know, I mean, re- re- recently enough. So I think it's at different times, different words are different, have different meanings. And mm-hmm. like we had Mongol and uh, Mongo in there. Yeah. Now that goes back to, this goes back, was goes way back now, Dan. Okay. Are you ready now? Right. Stand by. Here we go for a bit more history now. Okay. Okay. So this goes back. Sit back. Yeah. Relax. Just, just, you know, get yourself, get yourself tucked in there now because uh, here comes your reading from Dara. That goes back right to 1860. 1860? 1860. Well, obviously. Wow. Right. Okay. The, and this is kind of part of, we say the Mongolians as a, as in a tribe, right, have been around for forever. Okay. But this was, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, because, the, yeah, yeah, this is connected now. Trust me. Right. So, um, John Langdon Down. Right in 1860, he was a doctor uh, in the Royal uh, Edgeworth Asylum. Okay, so he was categorizing people, right? Um, pretty much. And this is kind of you have to think now. This is kind of only this is less than ten years um, after Darwin came out, right? With his sort of theory of evolution. Okay. Okay. So okay. this is all this is all brand new stuff for lads. I think they were making up things as they were going along and kind of going, oh yeah. Darwin's getting away with it. Come on, we'll all have a go at this, like, right? That'll fit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It'll fit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he started categorizing people, like, and, and you know, the dim witted, I think, is what they were kind of calling them uh, and that sort of mm. stuff. So he was looking at people with, they had kind of the, the, their cheek structures and the, the wide eyes um, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, how they were similar to the Mongol tribe. And he was kind of saying, and he was bringing it back and he was connecting it to Darwin and the theory of evolution and the growth of man and that sort of thing. So they were looking okay. at, the, at the Mongol tribe being sort of very um, primitive. Okay, so that, that was kind of part of it. But this is the same gentleman, right, who in 1866 uh, gave us Down syndrome. Okay. Hey, anyway, didn't give it to us. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Wow, yeah, I've got something here, you can have it uh, No, it's not It's not that sort of gave it to us But he's the one who, who I would say, coined a phrase Down syndrome But gave it its name Interesting Inter- that's, Isn't it just mad when you kind of look at it And how far back it goes uh, yeah. 
so you know downs is still a thing uh downer is still a word right right and we, and we talk about history and i talk about spastic when i was growing up and and the use of the words that, that we would have had right so we have handicap right but now you have capper okay right it's connected yeah. to handicap it's not strictly and, and exclusively it kind of also goes with like the kids use it uh, the kids down with the kids right uh you know it's kind of a liar or somebody who's faking it right you're a capper but there is a connection obviously to the handicapped element of it as well yeah no i must i must be honest in in saying that when when you mentioned that one to me before it was kind of that was a new one yeah well uh, that's just it then i've got kids you know so Mm -hmm. i'm down with the youth (laughs) you (laughs) certainly are i certainly certainly i'm so down with you no but i mean obviously i would be around hurling pitches and football pitches and training and all that kind of stuff and picking kids yeah. up from school and that kind of thing so I went sat that I'm kind of hanging out with them in uh, you know a baseball cap on backwards or anything but uh, <laughs> or, or hiding in ditches for that matter um, yeah but and that was just I just I just I was I, I, it's not that I'm really interested in, in, in the language of it but I just find it very uh, strange you know how it's almost part of the cancel culture to some degree as well you can't say this anymore for risk of yeah. offending people. And for the most part, it seems to be not just offending the people with a disability. It's, I don't know, people who think that people with a disability need to be defended. Yeah, that it's like, let, sense. Let, let, like let us defend ourselves. Well, even let us speak for ourselves. Let you fucking live, Dan. Don't let, <laughs> let us let us live. Um, actually, yes, that that's more accurate because... Um, but yeah, no, just let us live. Like, I was even having a conversation with someone during the week, and she she kind of works with she works within the IWA and uh, kind of is around people with disabilities um, on a regular basis. And she was just telling me that, like, the amount of times she gets people coming up to her and saying, "Can I say this to this person?" Do you know? Yep. And you you're kind of going. Ask them. So look at it like it's it's not that difficult. It's not like that we're we're gonna tear your head off. Clearly, no. yeah, because you want me to get out the chair to get at me. <laughs> 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 I just run up some steps and you want me to find me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, you know. And we went back last week and we were looking at kind of the the, the podcast and and the sort of acceptance of disability back in the eighteen hundreds because there's a lot more dis- disabled people. I mean, yeah. I just made a joke there with a disabled person. Oh, you know, and you're you're just kind of going, yeah, really, you can't be doing that anymore, Dara. You know, you can't be taking the piss out of disabled people. But it's mm. not me taking the piss out of Dan. It's just uh, a joke. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's something we were talking about last last week. In uh, like back in the back in the eighteen hundreds, they were very much like both parties were in on the joke. That that's that's similar to yourself and myself. Yeah. Um, like the the amount of times we slag each other to the nines. Yeah. But like we're we're both in on the joke. Exactly. You know, it's not it's not like I'm being mean or anything like that. Just no. It may not even be funny, but you know whatever. <laughs> we all have to be something <laughs> at the end of the day. So Dan, that's me kind of uh, and words and you know I I may do some more scratching around about this uh, because I think the whole sort of history of of, of disability I think I find is very uh, interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it is something that I, I suppose we need to be uh, continuously 
curious of and continuously like reticent of and kind of aware of but like aware of the fact that what you what you say could have a negative connotation but what you say also might not be offensive to an individual you know and that all comes from communication with that person themselves Mm. not a secondary party being like oh can i say this to you you know uh, that's not how it works you you communicate directly with the person and go can i say this if it's a no move on yeah and i if suppose it's, it's a situation and if you wouldn't say it to your your mother or your father or your wife or your kids or your best friend well then you wouldn't fucking say it for the stop absolutely absolutely 100 percent. you know and i think that's that's kind of that's kind of fair enough so what else did we wander through this week dan what else have we got? Well, we've got a college professor being slammed. This actually um, feeds quite nicely in, into our conversation around, around language and how we communicate with those with disabilities. Um, we've got a college professor being slammed for shouting at a hearing impaired, impaired student um, using a translator. So this is an article from Hannah Smith in Unilad. And it follows a, a Ventura College professor was teaching a Zoom class when he began to go off on a tangent directed at one student referred to only as Miss Salazar. Um, and I must say that's a very cool name. I love that mm-hmm. name. Um, telling her, hello, I've been talking to you before asking her why she hadn't answered any of his questions. So following his rant, one of the girl's fellow student, Abigail, decides to step in and tries to explain to the professor that she's hard of hearing and has a sign language translator. Right. Uh, so her answers are delayed while she has his questions interpreted. Fair enough. Right. In, in this situation, you kind of be going, OK, um, I've clearly made a mistake. It's been explained to me. I'm going to like. Apologize. And, I'm going to back down here immediately and go, very sorry about that. I listen, I'll have a chat with you afterwards. Uh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very simple. Do you know, yeah. nothing, nothing complex about that whatsoever. Mm. Here's where the issue is. Uh, this professor decides to go the complete opposite direction and doubles down on his attack, accusing Salazar of not paying attention and not trying. Mm. Yeah, you have to wonder, don't you? Yeah. Who's the one not paying attention there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> and then you go even further, I'd say it, we, we, we hear that eventually the professor tries to walk back his comments saying, I'm not attacking you. I'm just disappointed in you. All while refusing to apologize to the student. And uh, unfortunately for him, everything was recorded on TikTok. I love TikTok, Dan. Down with the youth. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, though. It's like eventually, so he's saying, I'm not attacking you. I'm just disappointed in you. Like, that is attacking somebody. Yeah. Saying just... that they're like, saying that they're, they're, they're that you're, you're disappointed in them. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, 
it's like saying I'm not ra- I'm not racist, but no, it, it's not like the I'm not equating the two for you know, but it's just a similar, it's a similar um, situation, mm. and uh, the reactions, as you can imagine, uh, are interesting to say the least, uh, and and completely flat out condemning um, what his his handling of the situation um one said the guy was doubling and tripling down given enough time he'd have dug a hole to the earth's core i like that yeah uh with another guessing that he probably made things worse out of embarrassment uh saying too much pride and ego to apologize when he clearly realizes he's wrong after the classmate pipes up yeah um, and then another user praised the girl's classmate for defending her, saying, I'm so thankful that Abigail spoke up for her. We need more Abigails in the world. We certainly do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the world is full of stupid people, Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, you had another one there, Dan. Sorry, you were talking about earlier on during the week, the Paralympics. Yes. Uh, which I suppose is possibly going to happen this year, is it? Is it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, does will the Olympics happen in the first place? I don't know. Um, which would be interesting. But this, I thought, I was because I, I, I did a little bit of little bit of reading it on, on, on it as well. Uh, and I've got mixed feelings about this. Take it away. Yeah, so do I. Actually, I'm I'm a little bit on on the fence as well. But we'll we'll see where this goes. Um, so this is a two time Paralympic archery champ archery champion uh, Danielle Brown believes that the games are becoming an exclusive rather than an inclusive event so uh, Brown won gold at the Beijing 2008 and at the Beijing Games in 2008 and in London 2012 and then in 2013 she was told that because of her condition uh, which is called complex regional pain syndrome. Uh, she was ineligible to compl- to compete, um, and the condition causes chronic uh, severe pain in Brown's feet. Um, and her her comments related to this was she's saying, "I was disabled, but not disabled enough." London did some amazing things for the Paralympic movement and broke down so many walls, but I also think it built up other walls. Um, And classification issues are, classification and eligibility issues are becoming an increasing um, problem for the International Paralympic Committee because a large number of athletes across a number of sports either require first time or repeat classification before the games to ensure they are competing in the right category. But COVID-19 and a lack of international competition means there is a large backlog. It's a headache for the IPC, International Paralympic Committee, uh, who had previously stated that it did not want assessments to take place at a games, but with limited opportunities in the build-up it may be left with little choice. Uh, and further to this, controversy over the eligibility of wheelchair basketball players, including uh, Britain's George 
Bates. So that this is a this is an article from the BBC. So hence Britain and British actually. Um, who has the same condition as Brown is ongoing with all players going to Tokyo required to pass assessments before the uh, sport could take its place at the games. It's mad. Um, it's just I, it's just absolutely nuts. It certainly is. No, and, I, and I, it's just because like you're disabled or you're not disabled or you're more disabled or you're less disabled. I, I know it's got to be difficult that like not every disability is quite the same. So you have cerebral palsy, but it affects you in a particular way and somebody else has cerebral palsy and no cerebral palsy is just like this big umbrella that yeah. covers uh, from A to Z and A being not so terribly bad and then Z being just like absolutely wrecked. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be, I see, and this is why I kind of felt a little bit sort of up and down about the whole thing. I was kind of going, oh, your pains in your feet. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm being a bit, oh, your pains in your feet. I'm sure it's a lot more than just pains in your feet. Yeah, no, it probably would be. Uh, probably, I'm sure it, it yeah. is. Obviously, it's a bloody disability. But, and you're kind of going, yeah, and you want to be an archer. So your upper body is probably perfectly okay. So then are you competing against people with other disabilities in archery? And I know they have different categories and structures when it comes to defining dis- disabilities. Again, how long is that piece of string? So, yeah. That's and that's kind of where I, where I was when I kind of started looking at this. Like I was kind of going, I don't know. Uh, Actually, on that, there uh, you you were curious there about classification and and how it all works. That's actually explained here. So we have um, for a par for a Paralympic classification, you need to have an impairment which is permanent, but there are also many permanent impairments which do not fit the parameters. Uh, Conditions including ME, arthritis, and mental health issues, plus deafness and hearing loss. Um, For athletes who are deaf and hearing impaired, they can take part in the Deaf Olympics. Now, that's that's new to me. I I hadn't heard about that one. Which is... Sorry, that's absolutely no pun intended there. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, so and I don't mean that. No, I don't. But I hadn't. No, I hadn't. I'm gonna have to make a note of that one there now. No, you carry on. Then I'm just making the note. Moving swiftly on. So yeah, the Deaf Olympics have been staged since 1924, with competitors required to have a hearing loss of at least 55 decibels in their better ear. So while there's resistance in some part of in some parts of the deaf community to closer integration with the Paralympics, with many deaf people not seeing themselves as disabled, UK Deaf Sport um, Executive Director Valerie Copenhagen believes that conversations need to take place to try and help increase awareness of deaf sport and athletes while also retaining their own identity. So she says, I'm not sure the Deaf Olympics will ever reach the same level of awareness uh, and same level of awareness and success as the Paralympics. If some Deaf athletes were to compete at the Paralympics, it would mean we will be part of a bigger movement. And with that comes greater exposure and funding. The Deaf sport movement has been incredible, but there's something about opening those doors and having those conversations about what is right for our athletes. 
what do we want in the long-term future to look like for a deaf athlete? If that means the chance to compete in the Paralympic arena, then why don't we have the conversation? But there's a balance to be struck. Interesting. Because I, I think that kind of comes back to, and, and you can agree with me, disagree with me. I think that comes back to what Tom was saying a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is Tom Clonan about kind of having everything under the one umbrella of disability is disability. And we kind of, we, we work together. Now, obviously you have each condition is what it is, but as a whole cohesive, you know, we're talking about like the Paralympic movement there. It's like, there's a disability movement. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I was curious as to why like the deaf athletes w- wouldn't want to. Like I, I can see um, some of them saying, oh, I don't see myself as disabled, but like it's one of those things. And that's actually something that takes me back to um, Ellen Keane was on the late late last night and she she was talking about kind of the the fact that she's been she's been referenced as an olympian before right and that's not something that like i suppose she understands that like where people are coming from in that like the work ethic and and the dedication that it takes to 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 get to where she got to but at the same time she's proud of having a disability mm. you know and she she wants to be someone that she's proud of the fact that you know young girls and men uh but young girls in particular can can look up to her and go i'm you know if if she was labeled as an olympian that's not an achievable goal for for young kids looking at her because like Olympics and Paralympics are two different things, do you know? Um, so, and it, it's kind of something for me as well, because I say that I'm differently abled, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I don't accept that I have a disability. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know. So Dan, that just wanders nicely into uh, Miracle Cures mm. in the Middle Ages. It does. Everything's connected again. Everything's connected again. Yeah, I know. So this is back to um, our, the podcast series off BBC. Um, I I wasn't as enamored with this one as I was with the first one. Right. Uh, This just kind of, this to me was just more about sort of, um, I don't know, divine intervention, really, I think, really. Uh, yeah. And yeah, miracle, miracles and uh, scapulas and uh, relics from uh, saints and popes and all sorts of things and people's hope, I think, really, more than anything else. I mean, it's got a big tent revival, I suppose, in America somewhere, you know, <clears throat> with a preacher coming on and going, stand up and be, oh, you can walk, Dan, you're okay, it's no big deal. And, you know, yeah. he up and walks and but actually, really, he doesn't. Almost like faith healers these days. Yeah, I suppose it is to a yeah. certain extent. But I mean, there's still a lot of it going on. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, wasn't there a nun there rolled out recently in a in a 
coffin or something. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me on that one. But, you know, there was somebody paraded through town anyway as being a saint uh, recently and everyone was going up and touching it and kind of, you know, bringing their ills and their woes to it. And Chernock is full of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the, at the same time, I think we have to say that everybody is entitled to their beliefs and, and we're not. No, they're not that. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> you know, Jesus, you might have said that about Hitler in 1930. He was entitled to his beliefs, all right, you know. So I think, yeah, I think everyone might be entitled to their beliefs, Dan, but some more than others and some less than the rest of us. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. That, that's not, that's not the. You know, you have to be careful. I'm going to keep an eye on you now because I think you want to take over the world and you're going to have a opinion. Yes, <laughs> Dan, you are, but no, you're not. Uh, no, and I but. Think I, that's a whole debate in its own, actually, is about your opinion and, uh, yeah. you know, what, what what it's worth and, and should you be allowed to say things that other people find. See, look, it's back to the language of disability, Dan. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. It's something that... Um, but I just, I just thought with, with this part, with this episode, um, one of the first things... Peter mentioned is that like he he'd be like out in the street with the, with his stick, um because um as as he mentioned he's he's blind um and the like people would come up to him and be like they'd be offering to like give him his sight back, mm. you know and I just thought it, it was it was interesting because he said um. Most of the time, I'd be rude to them. Depends on the, depends on what kind of day I'm having. But yeah, no, it's it's just kind of scary that like these kind of things are. are well, people have hopes, then I suppose, and 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 just you know want to believe or or kind of don't want to not don't want to not believe. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I I suppose that's where that's where I. I'm coming at is in that like everybody's entitled to their beliefs in the fact that you're in you're entitled to want to believe in, and think that it's just sometimes it, it goes to to a certain degree that might be uh, as you mentioned earlier on that might be a little bit risky to say yeah. the least. I think risky is where we might leave it, Dan, because I can hear the music in the background. Uh, this has been episode 47 of Dan and Dara Doability. I have been Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy, and we'll talk to you very soon.